Hello girls, welcome to another episode of Soar Girls Podcast. This is a place of conversation featuring stories of girls like you who have been influencing the world with the light of Jesus. Our vision is to raise a generation of girls who soar in Christ. We believe our conversations will lift, lead and launch you into your God destiny. So dive in. After 17 years in television journalism, the Lord called our guests out to share the good news of the gospel instead of the bad news every day. Her vision is to see men and women set free. She believes we are not victims of our circumstances, but rather victors. Hi, Sarah. It is so nice to have you here today. We are so excited to talk to you on Soar Girls podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great. So can you tell us in short about yourself? Sure. Yes, I um, am 40 years old in America and um, I spent 20 years of my life in television journalism. So television news, uh, we have a free press here. And so every day I would go to work and um, pretty much share the bad news because most of what I covered was like crime related. And um, I got saved when I was 25, so about 15 years ago. Um, Jesus came into my heart and revolutionized my life. Um, and I still stayed in the media uh, for many more, up until two years ago, I've been in the media. Um, and pretty much, even though reporting on the bad news, um, since I have met Jesus, um, I've been using um, my voice really to try to witness to the people around me. So whether it's my coworkers or people that I'm out on a story with, um, often in America, the media is seen as very liberal um, and really not holding to Christian values. Um, but I just believe that the Lord put me there um, to try to witness to other people who do not know him. Um, and so fortunately in America, we have freedom of religion. Um, so I never really got in trouble for my religion. I was definitely frowned upon by some, um, but not like in trouble for it. And so, um, just, you know, through that avenue, um, I started speaking a lot and, um, a, a lot of times to secular, um, audiences, but the Lord just had a message in my heart and really a way to kind of bridge people to the gospel. Um, and then two years ago, I ended up leaving the media and now I just speak full time. And I always say I kind of went from sharing the bad news to the good news, um, which is what I am hopefully going to do here today. I really love your tagline. I think that's one of the things that got me attracted to you from bad news to good news. I think it's really fantastic. <laughs> Did God give you that or you come up with that? Um, I It was just interesting because um, I always feel like nothing is wasted with the Lord. I mean, if you are um, his child, then every single um, job that you would have or even experience or storm of life, he's not going to waste it. And I think that he really trained me up um, in a very secular industry, um, and even trained me through sharing bad news, um, to then be prepared and ready, uh, to give people a reason for the hope that is within me. Um, and so, yeah, I just, when people would say like, well, what did you do? And it, it just like hit me one day. I was like, well, 
I always shared the bad news um, and now I get to go share the good news. Um, and so I just kind of, it stuck and then I kind of described myself in that way. That's so nice. So, you know, I want to know about the transition phase. Uh, you said that you moved uh, from secular to ministry two years ago. Uh, during the transition phase, did you ever feel like, you know what, it was a mistake or did you hear voices that, you know, I should go back and how did you deal with that? I definitely think it was more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, my husband was also in the media for about 25 years because um, he's older than me. So he'd been in it for multiple years before I got into it. But um, we both ended up leaving um, the station, the TV station at the same time. And um, it was interesting because it was dis it was really discerning whether the Lord was calling me out or whether he was calling both of us out. And through lots of prayer and fasting, uh, we just felt like the Lord was calling both of us out. And it was extremely scary uh, because we were, you know, giving up our longtime careers, you know, the, the field that we went to college to do. Um, you know, we both studied journalism in the university. And um, so to walk away from that, and even to walk away um, from the paycheck of that. I mean, we had to be confident that it was God uh, who was calling us away. Um, and we were. And so we both stepped away. Um, he now works for a nonprofit organization called Convoy of Hope. Um, some people have heard of it, even perhaps in your country, because they do international disaster relief. Um, but it was just interesting because we heard so clearly to go. Um, but the transition was actually harder than we thought it would be. Um, we thought because God made it so clear that it would feel like, oh yes, this is exactly what we're supposed to do. Um, but I do think, uh, and I do believe that we were supposed to do it, but there's been, yes, many times where we've been like, are we sure that this is it? Cause it just has been a difficult season of transition. Um, but the Lord is faithful really to just like confirm for us over and over again that we did make the right decision and we are following him. Um, and it's grown us, you know, in ways that we didn't even anticipate just to um, really trust uh, the process, trust that even though it's harder than we thought, that God has equipped us um, and enabled us to walk in in this new space. Uh, place and that has he's really made um, a way through the wilderness and uh, here we are about two years removed and um, really no regrets there's no regret in leaving um, even though it's been difficult <laughs> I think that is so encouraging for people who really want to who hear from God that you know they want they have to go but they're so scared and I think uh, yeah you got to fall back and what your promise uh, was from God, right? That would help uh, in the transition. Yeah. 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 About seven years ago, we had a prophecy that was given to us. It was um, a portion of Isaiah 55. And um, it was where um, Isaiah, let me just turn there. I have my Bible right here in front of me. But um, the the portion that was prophesied over us, um, it's, a, it's talking about David and it said, I made him a leader among the nations. You will also command nations you do not know and people unknown to you will come running 
to God um, to obey him. And that was prophesied over us. And um, it was interesting because years passed, but we knew that God was calling us to the nations. Um, and so even when you reached out, I just felt like this is a way, like I've never been to India, um, but even today I'm getting to fulfill um, that prophecy to be able to speak to people in other nations um, who do not know me and I don't know them, but um, just because of you know the Lord orchestrating even this meeting, I believe that people will be encouraged to come running to God to obey him. Wow, yeah. I mean, God is so good. It's isn't that lovely to even in, even connect and then the prophecy over you. I'm just amazed at that. That's fantastic. You know, yeah, it's it's most... been awesome to walk walk it out, you know. Yeah. What has been the most challenging uh, you know, for you to handle whilst you have gone out of the secular job? Um I think it's because, you know, we live in a part of the country that's for the most part um, Christian, at least in title, like they would call themselves Christian. Um, and in the media, that wasn't the case. So we really felt like um, in the media, when we're around a bunch of people who don't really claim Christianity, we were able to be a bold witness um, and just to live our lives um, as a light um, on a hill and I think our just our decision making and the way that we process life like really spoke to them. Like we had, we would have people a lot ask us about our faith and um, you know ask us you know about how we process things. Um, but then whenever we went to a Christian organization where you know everybody claims to be Christian, um, we didn't feel as set apart. Um, and we feel very called to a secular place, a secular space. Um, and so it's just learning how to like work among people who, for the most part, believe like we believe. Um, I mean, you would think that that would be really comforting. Um, and, and it is to a degree. But sometimes, you know, when the Lord has placed um, a call on your life to go to nations and to go to people who don't know him, it's actually strange to then go into a place where for the most part, people do know him. Um, so it just doesn't feel like you're fulfilling your personal call from the Lord. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. You know, uh, what, what, what would you say is the biggest difference of, from serving God and you know working in a secular job? I think that when you're working in a secular job, you have to recognize that you're not there on accident, um, that the Lord is very intentional to put you in places where you can shine your light. Um, and that can be uh, hard to do because it feels sometimes like you are far outnumbered. Um, but if God be for you, who can be against you? Um, and just being able to really have conversations with people. Um, and it doesn't, I always say like evangelism doesn't have to be weird. It's just a conversation. It's just explaining like, Hey, you would not believe how the Lord showed up for me this weekend or how he helped me, you know, navigate the situation or how, you know, my, my rent was due and I didn't know how I was going to pay it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Lord made provision, made a way for me to 
you know, get the money that I needed to, to pay my rent. Um, it's just really being willing to share with people all of the different testimonies. Um, sometimes I know that Christians think that their testimony is when they initially came to Christ. And that is a testimony. But if you're walking with the Lord, I mean, you have a testimony every single day of, of somehow the Lord meeting you um, and just being willing, you know, through relationship in that secular industry to share those stories of God's goodness, because you never know um, what situation a person may be walking through and your testimony could encourage them. You know, in the book of Revelation, it says that we overcame the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, and the word of our testimony. So recognizing that regardless of your personality, whether you're loud or you're quiet, um, it doesn't matter. Like, are you willing to share the goodness of God and your testimony of his provision and his help you know, in your life with the people around you because you're not there on accident. Wow, wow, thanks for that. I think that's such an important point you said that, you know, whether you are quiet or you're loud, you you have to share your testimony uh, to everyone and anyone around. And I think uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, if we ask them to share testimony and they will go back to uh, the day when they were saved. But for me, and I'm sure for you too, every day is such an adventure and God is doing something every day. Like for me today, even doing this interview is such a testimony in my life. Like for me to be able to connect with someone in America and be able to speak, is that's that's how things work out, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I mean, it's and it's a testimony for me because I know that the Lord has called us to the nations. And so to get to speak to a group of girls um, who are not in my nation is a testimony that the Lord is fulfilling what he spoke over us. So it's really cool for you and for me. Yeah, amen. You know, uh, you've been in the um, in the television industry for a, for a long time, I think 17 years. Um, and currently, there are many young girls who listen to our podcast and who follow us. And uh, I, I think we, I want to talk about them. And what do you think are the major challenges that young generation or like, like they say, the Gen Z are facing right now? I think that um, it's the what is truth, um, because all truth is God's truth, all of it. And so um, when we start to redefine truth, um, like we, do, we don't get to do that. We don't get to redefine truth. I mean, there is a law of gravity that is what it is. It operates whether we believe in it or not. We all live in it. Um, but in our culture, so often it's like we're trying to redefine truth and we're trying to redefine identity. Um, and it's, it's always interesting, especially with my younger kids. I have three kids that are 10, 12 and 14 years old and, um, just like rehearsing with them who they are in Christ, that they are, um, made right by being in right standing with God who created them, who designed them. Um, and honestly, it's funny because I think that they inherently know that. I mean, in Ecclesiastes, he's, God says, I've written the truth on every man's heart. Like they cannot escape it. And so there's a truth about your life lived for the one true God 
um, whose son is Jesus Christ that resonates with people. Like you might not see it, but your life, your actions, your decisions actually resonate with people because of your assuredness, um, because of your security that's found in him. It's not found in circumstances. I mean, our circumstances can still be bad. You know, I think of COVID, I mean, it affected a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, but they weren't shaken either. Like they were still firm because they have a foundation that is the truth of the gospel. So the challenge is recognizing the Bible is the only ultimate truth. And if you will live your life according to his ways, you will find yourself very sure, very certain, um, very stable, even in the storms of life. Yeah, amen. I think identity, that is such an important word that you have shared. You know, like yesterday, I was talking to one of the younger generations at my church, and she was saying that sometimes it gets very difficult for her to have conversations with people in her colleges, because all they want to talk about is, uh, you know, uh, what what is their preference or choice of preference? Uh, are they from the LGBTQ community? Are they from the pride community? And uh, she was like, okay, how do I tackle that right so being from the television industry I'm sure you might be facing that a lot how do you um, you know stand there and not hurt anyone you know you're not you don't you love them of course but uh, how do you uh, be different um, I always say um, I mean and I feel like the Lord gave me this years ago um, where he spoke to me hey it's not loving not to tell them And so I have plenty of friends in that community, but every single one of them knows that I love them as a person, but that I disagree with their lifestyle. Because if I actually believe this Bible, and I do, then it's not loving for me not to tell them, hey, I think you're on a path toward destruction and toward eternal damnation. Um, not because I think that your sin is any worse than mine, but is your heart repentant? And if you're living continually in sin of any kind, you're headed toward destruction. So just like, you know, I have friends who can call me out for different sinful, you know, thought patterns or lifestyle choices. Um, and, and they're loving me well by calling me out. Um, I would say the same is true of even living life in a very secular industry where that is um, a lifestyle that's glorified or praised, saying, hey, I love you, but because I love you, I want you to know that that's, that's the road to destruction. Not because I'm not you know, struggling with my own issues, but because any sin that is unrepented of leads to destruction. Yeah, that is so important. Amen to that. Yeah, just sharing that, right? Do you have a message for the girls, uh, you know, because of the woke culture and they, they feel it's important they choose from the options available and not be what God has called them to be because of a lot of peer pressure pressure or woke culture. Do you have like a message for them? Yeah, I do. I mean, honestly, I feel like for any pressure, Uh, that they are up against, if they will get in the word, the Lord is faithful to give them a promise, like a verse 
or a promise to hold on to through that trial and through that storm and through that pressure. And if they will hold on to that verse, you know, meditate on it, pray it out loud, they will watch themselves walk through that trial and walk through that storm and be transformed in the process um, to be more like Christ. Um, because God created you so uniquely that he has a call on your life um, and his plan for your life is actually better than your own plan. Um, and coming to Christ and starting to follow him in my adult life, I mean, I was a pretty driven, goal-oriented person. But once I surrendered my life to the Lord, I mean, he has truly laid out this plan before me that is far more fulfilling and greater than anything I could have ever done for myself. And so you're on this trust journey through the trials and through the pressures, the peer pressure. And if you will trust him wholeheartedly and truly surrender your goals to what he might have for you, like you will find yourself years down the road, walking out this God-sized dream that was better than you had planned for yourself. Yeah, that is so amazing. Amen to that. Yeah, I love that God-sized dream. And I always say this to all of them, that whatever you could think, the biggest dream you could ever have, God can top it even further, right? I mean, God's thoughts, like the Bible says, God's thoughts are more than uh, the sand, right? Yes. And I just love that about God. Like, even if I think the biggest dream, he's going to top it up. Yeah, yes. To that. And just that all of us need to hold on to that dream until it, till it comes to pass. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Okay, there, there, there may be some girls who are very attracted to going into media. Um, you know, especially in India now, uh, media is, uh, you know, becoming a uh, lot more famous. And I mean, we ask girls, what do you want to do? And they want to be um, maybe a TV anchor or they want to be in the editing job, but they want to get into media some or the other way. And we know that in media, you are exposed to a lot of things um, that uh, you may, like you said, may cause you destruction. And how did you, you know, keep yourself away and how did uh, well, can you give us tips on how did you shield yourself from these things? Yeah, I would say just being in the word um, every single day. You know, when you are in the Bible um, in the morning before you ever step foot into the office, like he will speak his truth to you and over you. Um, and he will give you the power to walk it out. I mean, even, you know, um, the Lord's prayer, you know, Jesus's prayer, like lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Like you are walking into an environment um, that in many cases is evil. It is evil, but he will deliver you from that even in the midst of it. He says that he prepares a place for you in the presence of your enemies. But you have to recognize that um, if God is in you and for you, then he's putting you in that position, kind of like Esther, like he's putting her in this position for such a time as this. And um, if you're familiar with the story of Esther, you know, she was raised to prominence. She was raised um, and she winds up in the palace. And then all of a sudden this decree goes out to kill all the Jewish people and she's Jewish. And her uncle says to her, hey, you, you're like living the high life and you're not worried but the rest of us Jews are gonna get wiped out. But just so you know, 
you're you've been brought to this place for such a time as this because you're not going to be spared and if you will not use your voice in the place that god positioned you in um then he'll he'll raise up somebody else who will and i really feel like that is like a, a sobering call to all christians to recognize that he might raise you up in the media. He might raise you up to a place of prominence, just like he did Queen Esther. I mean, she's living the high life in the palace, but Mordecai is right in saying like, hey, if you're not gonna live for the Lord and you are my child, then God's gonna raise up somebody else who will. Um, and, and you will be on a path to destruction, eternal destruction. Um, and so recognizing that he's not wasting it, like you are not the keeper of your job. Like if you are scared about, you know, losing your job because you're sharing your faith, you're not the keeper of your job. If God put you there, God will protect you in that place. He will keep you there. You don't have to keep yourself there. Um, and when you recognize that if God promotes you, nobody can destroy you. But if you promote yourself or if you somehow, you know, um, bend, to the peer pressure, he can remove you in an instant. Um, and so just walking in every single day with a truth from scripture in your heart and then living it out. And like I said, evangelism is not weird. It's just building relationships with people so you can let them know about the goodness of God that you've seen in your own life. And then he will keep you there. He will keep you in that position because you're using it to glorify him, not yourself. Wow. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, that's really great, Cher. Thank you so much for that. I think uh, it's so important, right? Like uh, to be able to be uh, connected to God every day, right? Otherwise, I think uh, when I was new and I used to only connect to God every Sunday to Sunday and that was when I used to face major amount of issues but when I started uh, making it my lifestyle I think things started changing that time for me and like you so beautifully shared that if God has given you a job and if God has placed you he will hold you he will protect you that is so amazing yeah. right and you can't be scared to lose it I mean because if you're his child, if you're following him, if he's put you in this place and for some reason you do lose it, then he's going, he's moving you elsewhere. He has a, a different plan and an even better plan. Um, and so just not to be fearful, like the, the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. And a sound mind means like, I'm not going to, be anxious and fearful about losing this thing that God gave me. If God gave it to you, then it's up to him to keep it for you. Great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, no, uh, do you have a special, because I know you do, right? You have a special message for us and I'm so excited to hear it. And I can't contain myself. Uh, please. Share. Okay. Yeah. So whenever you invited me and I was just praying about like what the Lord, um, would have me to share, um, the passage that came to mind was in Matthew chapter 15, um, starting in verse 21. Um, and this is the story of the faith 
of a Gentile woman. Some people call her the Syrophoenician woman. And um, it says, Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And by the way, like he was way outside of the area where he typically ministered. So he was typically ministering in Jerusalem and he went north, like really far to go meet this woman exactly where she was. It says a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. So you see this mom and she is really kind of an outcast of society. Uh, she's not living in a geographical area that normally Jesus would visit. She's not Jewish. So therefore she's not like one of his chosen. Um, and she's desperate. She's desperate for help for her daughter. And it says, um, she's crying out to him, have mercy on me, like help me. And it says, Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. You know, everybody around Jesus is getting really annoyed with this woman because she won't stop begging Jesus. And what I love is that she's sitting here going, okay, the crowd is trying to send me away. They think I'm annoying, but she is unfazed. Like even though Jesus didn't give her an immediate response, she stayed put because she knew that she was in proximity to the only person who could deliver her daughter and who could give her the help that she needed. Um, you know, had she like been offended when Jesus kind of ignored her and she left, if she would have been offended and just picked up her stuff and left, she would not have seen God's answer, but she stayed put. She stayed at the feet of Jesus. She stayed pleading with him in desperation um, until he answered. And sometimes we give up too soon. We pick up a fence. You know, the crowd is annoyed by us and we give up too soon. But Jesus was drawing her to a place of greater faith. Um, it says that then Jesus in verse 24, then Jesus said to her, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. So again, at first he ignores her. And now he's saying, hey, I wasn't sent to you first. I wasn't, uh, you know, like we could be offended by that. Well, okay, well, we're not Jewish, so we're not chosen. But this woman was unfazed, again, completely unfazed, not offended. She, um, it says she came and worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. You know, this woman had great faith in a very unexpected place. Even India is a very unexpected place where you would find people like yourself of great faith. So even when culture is getting annoyed by you, even when culture is shunning you, even when those around you um, say that you're just annoying God, that you're annoying Jesus, um, don't be offended by that. Stay near to him. Stay in that place of humility and desperation, just like this woman did. And it said, Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. In other words, he's like calling this woman a dog. And you're like, oh my goodness, like Jesus calls this woman a dog. Like it would seem so offensive, but her reply is amazing. She said, that's true, Lord. 
But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall under the master's table. Like, in other words, she's saying, Jesus, even a crumb from you on the floor is more than enough to meet my need. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm not offended. I would, she says, you're right. That's true. But even the dogs, you know, get to enjoy the crumbs under the, their master's table. In other words, you're my master. And even a crumb, a morsel, a look from you, Jesus, will meet me in this moment of desperation. And it says uh, in verse 28, Jesus said, Dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. There's something about staying in the place um, at Jesus's feet whenever every single person around you thinks that you're crazy, they think that you're annoying, they think that you're not chosen. Um, you might feel so far, you know, as an outcast. And this woman could have easily felt that way because she was culturally, but she stayed near Jesus's feet, pleading with him, have mercy on me, help me. And he said, woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. So, I mean, it's just amazing to me that wherever you find yourself today, if you will stay close to him, and believe that he is who he says he is. A crumb from Jesus is more than enough to meet your need. And when we believe that, he will look at us and he will say, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. So stay close to Jesus. Wow, amen. Thank you so much for that beautiful word that you spoke over us. I think I'm so blessed to hear that. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, it just speaks to our situation. Um, because yeah um, yeah we are all standing in faith uh, just that he'll give us one look <laughs> uh, it's amazing thank you so much for speaking that over us we really cherish those words yeah thank you thank you right. uh, just before we go do you want to pray for the especially for the girls uh, who will be listening uh, because we do have a lot of listeners who uh, are from every everywhere in India and internationally as well and they really want to hear from you as well if you would like to pray for them or have anything to say to them yeah that would be awesome I would love to uh, Heavenly Father we just lift up every person who is listening to this today Lord and I just ask in the name of Jesus Lord that you would meet them Lord that you would find them at your feet at the master's table waiting for you to move Lord you know every single need you know every single girl by name and Lord your plan for them is a plan of welfare not of calamity to bring them a future and a hope and so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that today we would hope in you. You tell us that those who hope in you will not be disappointed. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are for us and not against us. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that whatever it is, whatever issue they may be facing today, Lord, that they would just wait on you. Lord, you tell us that you renew our strength as we wait on you. So, Lord, as we're waiting on you, renew us, refresh us. Lord, I pray, Lord, for your overwhelming peace and your overwhelming joy just to rest on our lives. God, I just pray that you would um, set people in positions to influence their culture for you. And Lord, that they would recognize 
that you have called them for such a time as this. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for this podcast. We pray, Lord, that it would go far and wide to minister to people who are in desperate need of a Savior. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that powerful prayer. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and uh, pouring your heart out to uh, India, Mumbai. And I wish we could do more in the near future. And if you do come to India, please connect with me and I'd be happy to, uh, you know, meet face to face. Okay. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. It is very great to be here and thank you for having me. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this inspiring and think someone needs to hear this today, do share this episode link with them for sharing is caring. And don't forget to visit our website soargirls.com and check out our weekly blogs, free resources and other existing digital content. See you next time.